episode 173, Crank Up Your Sex Drive. Welcome back to the One Extraordinary Marriage Show, where we talk about sex, love, and commitment. I'm Tony DiLorenzo. And I'm Elisa DiLorenzo. And we are excited to have you back here with us for another edition of the show. And this week, we're going to be talking about cranking up that sex drive. Mm-hmm. What ends up happening when you're feeling lethargic or out of place, and it's time to crank it up. Before we get there, though, you want to connect with either Elisa or I, or if you'd like to let us know how the show has impacted your life, your marriage. We'd love to hear your voice message. Mm-hmm. You can call 858-876-5663, or you can hit us up on email at info at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. And this week, we have some listener feedback via email that I wanted to read. And again, this is going to go back up, go back to Cuddle Up. Cuddle Up has been a big one. And as much as we as couples like to think we cuddle, I don't think many of us do it as often as we want. And that really struck a chord with many of you because, again, Elisa and I working on this, I would say this past week hasn't been as uh, touchy-feely cuddling in the bedroom at night. Yeah. It just hasn't been. Mm Mm-mm. I will have to say, I did ask, and we did ask on Facebook, what size bed did you start out your marriage in, and what do you have now? And that was really interesting, the feedback we got there. And I think those of us who do have the larger beds, king-size beds, what? And, I, and I'll say the king, because it seems like even in a queen, you're a little closer. But you go to those California kings like Elisa and I have. What do we have? We have an Eastern King. We have an Eastern. Oh, yes. We have the we're Eastern wide. King. We're wide. So we have an Eastern King. So we're wide. And that does, you know, cause us to, we meet in the middle when we do, and then we're on our own sides. Mm-hmm. And it's been like that. I mean, we've had that bed for, gosh, going on 10 years because we got that for our anniversary right after your brother got married. Got married. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it is interesting because, you know, when we did that episode on Cuddle Up, we started, you know not wearing as many clothes to bed and, and whatnot. So that has brought us closer. But yeah, I do find that I actually have to kind of actively seek Tony mm-hmm. in our bed. Like I got to go find out where he is because I tend to be an edge sleeper and he's kind of an edge sleeper. So there's a whole lot of bed in the middle. Yeah. But we like our space. So the idea of going to a queen size bed, uh, I can't even imagine that. I, I don't want to go there. No. I don't like having my space. But it was, again, it was interesting hearing everybody. I mean, some started out on twins, doubles, still on a double or a twin. Some have gone from a queen to a king back to a queen. You know, just so many interesting. Well, no, I was going to share. I mean, my par- I don't know if my parents commented. I didn't look at all the comments. But my parents have been on a double bed for as long as I can, probably their entire marriage. And I remember like when we'd go back after Tony and I were married and I'd like, look at their bed. I'm like, you're sleeping on a kid's bed. What is this? Yeah. You know, had, and we had a queen at that time and we hadn't even gone to the king yet. And, uh, you know, they're so cute. They're like, well, we like being close to each other. And at the time I was thinking, that's ridiculous. Get a bigger bed. But now that we've, you know, Tony and I have experienced kind of the distance that your bed can put into your marriage. I get where my parents are coming from. On the other end, and here's the other side of it, sex the other night on a king size bed. 
Love it because you can you can lie lengthways. You can go diagonal. There's plenty of room. Lots of that going on. So, hey, pluses and minuses. Obviously, you guys are going to choose what's best for you. And sometimes it's almost even a size issue. Will your room handle mm-hmm. that size of a bed? So, again, it's just been a good one. And I just wanted to read this message, though, because a lot of times when Elise and I are talking about us making love, we will mention that our choice of birth control is condoms. Mm-hmm. We have used those for years. We even mentioned it when, um, I think when sex hurts, talking about Elisa using that. The Nuva ring. The Nuva ring and how that just wasn't good and what have you. So we've always used condoms. Well, this listener wanted to chime in and just share a little bit what, um, what he thought about that. And I think it is a valid and worthwhile point to, uh, to hear out. So, he, he starts off like this. We had been using the birth control pill all of our married life and both of our kids were planned. After our last child, we decided we weren't going to have any more kids. I was getting older and I didn't want to have a two-year-old in my mid-40s. I went in ahead and had a vasectomy at that time. It went textbook perfect and there was no problems at all. After my recovery, which was short, we were back in action. I didn't notice anything different, but my wife noticed a huge difference when we had sex, she said I was acting like I had been set free. We would do it more times in a day than before and more times in a single session. She said it was like having a new husband. What I didn't realize was that even though she was on birth control, I still had that ingrained programming about not wanting to get her pregnant that I had been holding back and didn't know it. I had flipped a switch in my head and was now enjoying sex on a whole new level. Here we go to cuddle up. After listening to the Cuddle Up podcast and hearing the problems you two have, your wife bolting out of bed, we, with still being concerned about pregnancy and the other podcast where you address complications with taking trips in your travel bag, I decided to write. It seems both of you and your wife are holding back because of the fear of getting pregnant. I don't know if you guys have addressed what you don't, why you don't get a vasectomy. I don't recall a podcast where you have. <laughs> so we just wanted to address this real quick because I think it is a wonderful observation, mm-hmm. fantastic observation. And you know what? I'm going to let Elisa take over right here because she will be able to explain this very well. And then I will talk about vasectomy. Uh, wow. I'm like being put on the spot just like that. Uh, you know, there's, there's truth to that. Truth uh, to to the idea that you know I still worry about getting pregnant. Yeah, yeah, I and mean, we don't we don't want any. We've got friends that are you know Tony and I are you know Tony just had his fortieth birthday in case you didn't see all the posts on Facebook, Woo-hoo. and I will be thirty nine in a couple of weeks, and very much like that listener said, I don't want to be changing diapers in my forties. I don't, and um, for me, birth control has never. I used birth control early in our marriage. Yes. And after having children, there's something about the way my body reacts to the hormones. And so I can't, uh, hormones in my body do not mix. It's a very toxic combination for me. So we've used condoms since Alex was born. Uh, mm-hmm. And probably before Alex, when we were you know trying to figure out, you know, how we're going to get pregnant, what are we going to do? Take them off, put them on, whatever. And, you know, there's a part of me and I know it's psychological that says, you know, like, I don't want to deal with the mess. 
you know, condoms are very, very clean. And so th- there is that, but I do, I do think there's a lot of validity to this point that it could be a fear of pregnancy that causes us to bolt. That being said, we have been cuddling more after sex. Mm-hmm. We will, you know, get up, take care of the condom. Um, and then come back to bed naked. And then naked. come back to bed naked and cuddle there. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're making progress. Um, I am going to let Tony, since the vasectomy is definitely a male thing. Um, I've got my thoughts on it, but I'm going to let him. <laughs> Your turn, honey. All right. Here's the thing with the vasectomy. I've gone in twice. Twice I have gone in to see the doctor and schedule my consultation because you have to go in here in the state of California. Anyways, you have to go in, talk to the doctor, and then you can set your surgery. I think it has to be 30 days after that consultation. So, because there's basically, it's almost like a cool off period. You know, they want to give you time to think about this. You know, what are you really doing? Um, being self-employed, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have a copay for 40 bucks to go get surgery. It's all out of pocket. So that's been one, that's been one thing uh, that has come up. Both times, though, I was heavily into cycling, like big, big time into cycling. And the doctor told me, he's like, you know, you're probably going to have to take a couple of weeks, if not a little bit longer off the bike. And at that point in time, and I can't remember the last time I went in. It's been a few years. If not more. Yeah, it's probably been a five years. Yeah. Let's see how old Debbie. Yeah. Maybe probably. three, four years. Yeah. And so both of those times, the cost was a factor and we were like, eh, you know. Let's put it this way. I went so far as to calculate the number of condoms roughly that we use in a year, multiplied that out and figured out how many years it would take us to get to the cost of the surgery. Right. It's somewhere in the vicinity of 30 years, 20 yeah. to 30 years. Okay. But again, if it allows us that freedom... Right. To let go. Oh, yeah. And enjoy ourselves more. How much time are you taking off the bike? Well, see, and that's what I was thinking. I'm like, son of a gun. I should have done this when I wasn't biking for that whole year. That's true. (laughs) That would have been... Listener, I wish you had written to us. You know, I wish (sighs) we'd done this a year and a half ago because then he could have, you know, he probably would have pulled the pulled the gun so to speak yeah so you know guys thank you when you hear stuff especially you know some of our new listeners that come on and they you know we hear from so many of you that you download you know 20 30 40 172 episodes and and you listen to them continuously you hear the trends you hear what's going on you you put the pieces of the puzzle together sometimes better than we do when we're doing the show weekly right so we appreciate your insights we appreciate you writing in saying hey guys what about this Mm mm-hmm because that's how we learn yeah. at what we're saying and what we're doing. So thank you. And then one more I just wanted to, to, to share. Sex Hurts has been a, a huge success as well. Oh, man. I, I just want to let you, those of you who are dealing with chronic pain that is stopping you from having that sexual intimacy you desire in your marriage, that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. It's amazing when... A listener comes and shares what's going on in their marriage and how out of the woodwork people are just emailing us, letting us know what is happening in their life. Um, some folks, you know, on the first, you know, on, on wedding day, it hurts or shortly thereafter. And they're just unable to connect sexually from that point on. So thank you to listener who brought that up. Um, to those of you who have emailed us, 
uh, one in particular who's having surgery at the end of this month. We're lifting you up. You know, um, we just want you guys to know you're not alone. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the big thing. We get so set that we're the only ones that this is happening to at this moment in time. And nobody else knows my pain. Nobody knows what else I'm going through. And there are, there are people here in this one community who are, and we're working hard to develop a more secure community where we can be able to share deeper issues, Mm -hmm. Um, not on a Facebook deal, but we're, we're working on that so we can all get together and be able to share those anonymously, or if you want to just share it as who you are, but we're working on that. Hopefully we'll be, um, we'll have that up and running here in the next few months, Mm -hmm. two to three months. So, all right. Um, again, you want to call in 858-876-5663. If you want to shoot us your email info at one extraordinary marriage.com. And this week we're talking about, let's get that sex, sex drive going, crank up that sex drive. And this is a two-prong approach we're going to hit today, possibly even a third. We're going to see how time permits here. But we really want to talk about today about health and fitness. Mm -hmm. And from the two standpoints of one, exercise, two, nutrition, the third, if we get some time and maybe we'll just touch on briefly, motivation. Mm -hmm. Because I think the third one is a huge one for a lot of us especially those of us who continuously say we're too busy to do anything else. It's that darn glorification of busy. Stop it. First and foremost, stop it. You're not that busy. Okay. So if you believe that you can crank up your sex drive by transforming your body and your eating habits, then you are going to be able to have that sexual desire, that physical desire, and the energy you need to be engaged with your spouse, mm-hmm. be it emotionally, be it spiritually. And I'm not talking about crazy amounts of time here, okay? And and I am the crazy amount of time guy. I mean, on my 40th birthday this past Sunday, it was my desire, my goal to ride 100 miles. I haven't done it in a long time. Um, not since I've gone back on the bike about nine months now. So it was my desire to ride a hundred miles. That takes about, it was about a six and a half hour morning, mm-hmm. but I was on the bike by five thirty, So I was done by noon, but you don't have to do that much. You really don't. And I learned in those, in that time period when I was off the bike, that exercise, it doesn't have to be long. It really doesn't. Honestly, what I did on the bike on a hundred miles, I probably could do an at-home workout program. I probably can get the same amount of, um, gosh, just the, the same amount of intensity in probably 30 to 40 minutes. And I know you're asking, well, why the heck do you do the bike ride? Because the bike is my love. It is after everything else, you know, when we talk from the top down, you know, God, wife, you know, God, spouse, kids, work, other activities. It's that other activity, but it's, it's, it's a big love of mine. And there are days when it could easily move up into like at least above work and possibly <laughs> fighting out the kids there too. And, and, you know, that's been a priority thing that Tony's worked on over the years. But, you know, that's Tony. You know, when he says he wants to go do a 100 mile bike ride for his 40th birthday, I just 
you know, roll over and give him a kiss and say happy birthday as he's going out the door. Cause that's his thing. Me, I'm the gal that gets up in the morning and does a 30 minute walk around the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I take my, you know, my iPod's got my worship music on it and I've got my hand weights and I'm going, you know, and I'll do that three or four times a week. But we, co- we were able to coexist in the same house and we've had to learn how to do that with our recreational intimacy and, and making health and fitness a part of our foundation. Right. Because it wasn't always that way. I was never an athletic kid. I, you know, I've shared that on earlier podcasts that I was more content reading a book at my brother's baseball games than actually participating on the ball field. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until Tony and I met that we started getting into um, hiking and walking and those types of things because I'm not a high impact kind of gal. Right. And so it's figuring out and exploring what works. And another thing real quick too, Elisa has never, ever been on a bike and ridden with me. Ever. Ever. And some of you are going, well, geez, Tony, you should. No. That, that, is, that is my place. And I do believe in the future we will get a tandem bike. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> but that's about it. <laughs> and... Uh, the other side of that is I'm okay with that. Right. It does not bother me that Tony does not include me in his cycling. It does not bother me that he goes out and rides with his buddies on Saturday or Sunday mornings. I'm happy that my husband has a healthy outlet for his energy. Right. And that he has something that he can call his own. We don't have to do everything together in our marriage. Having said that though, we've done at-home workout programs together Mm -hmm. because... It is one of those things where we know we can get in a quality workout together and in a short amount of time. You're smiling at me. I'm smiling because even there we have two completely different workout styles. Like yes. I just want to go. If we do a lot of DVD-based stuff, um, we really like Les Mills pump workouts, You know, a lot of weightlifting and whatnot. And when I'm doing my workout, that's where my focus is. I'm not throwing out the encouraging words. I'm not saying, hey, good job, babe. And Tony's back there. Hey, honey, good job. Looking good. And I'm like, all I can think about is, why are you talking? Like, I'm just trying to do my workout here. What, you know, and so instead of getting grumpy about it, I just say, okay, you know, that's, that's how Tony works out. I mean, he's just, he's encouraging and that type of thing. And, and his focus is on, this is a big party. My focus is on, I've got 45 minutes to complete this workout. Laser beams focused on it yeah but we have fun together i mean i can laugh about it now the first time we worked out together i was like are you kidding me yeah (laughs) shut up already you know know. but but making here's the thing about exercise though no matter where you are on the fitness spectrum whether you're an elite athlete or a couch potato and we know our listeners span that spectrum when you move your body for the purpose of health, it has a positive impact on you. Whether mm-hmm. you walk, you know, you don't work out at all and you do that first walk around the block and you come home and you're huffing and puffing, and you're like, <gasps> what am I gonna do? I, I can't breathe. All of a sudden you have a sense of accomplishment. You know what? I couldn't walk around the block yesterday. Or Tony goes and does hundred miles, comes home, has his burger, you know, because he needs the calories eating in, and he's like, Okay, let's go. I'm feeling great, I'm energized. Yeah, but you know what Elisa just talked about that huffing and puffing. When I got back on the bike, I remember just doing 
a 15 mile loop that I just, I would do, you know what I mean? It was just a 15 mile loop that was no big deal. But when I, when I took that time off and then got back on the bike, that 15 mile loop kicked my butt. I mean, I got home and I was just like, oh my gosh. And it's at that moment where, you know, I was sitting there and I'm just going, what am I doing? Like, why am I doing this again? You know, it hurts. I don't feel good. Um, and then I just remember taking my shower and just going, you know what? I need to get back on the bike because I know why I do this because it, it clears my mind. I'm going to get stronger. And if you've never accomplished something like this, never seen your body transform and getting stronger, it's hard to overcome that. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to overcome that because you don't see yourself as somebody who can make it to the next level, who can do that walk again and maybe only 10, 15, 20 seconds faster. But I'll tell you that if you continue to take your body and walk, if you like running, um, if you want to do something like a less mills, um, and I'll have show notes for, for programs that we're talking about and everything in, uh, so this is episode 173. Just go on back there and I'll, I'll have, um, links to all this stuff, but things of that nature, you can. And here's the thing that I know that helps me is that I need to be able to either write it down or have a mental idea of what I'm doing. Like how good am I doing? Because that drives me to go, okay, am I exceeding or excelling or getting better? Now for cycling, one way for me to do that is with um, my average speed. I can look at my average speed over a course of a 15 mile ride, you know, and if it says 15 miles an hour, well then that's what it is. But I went out a couple of weeks ago and did this 15 mile right route and I had like a 17.8 mile an hour average. I increase for those of you who are doing something at home, say, even if you pick up our thrive 90 fitness program, that's a program that Elisa and I and a good buddy of mine, Dustin with engaged marriage, we put together to help busy couples Find time to fit fitness in their schedule. And that's at thrive90.com slash go inside. You know, take pictures of yourself. I know you don't want to take pictures of yourself because you're looking at yourself going, ugh. But you know what? That's what's going to allow you to see the change because we don't see the change from day to day. We don't see it. You don't see it. And your spouse may see it and go, wow, you're starting to look good, but you mentally still see yourself differently. And I just want to make one um, note here. Ditch your scale. Yeah, oh, gosh. Yeah, get rid okay. of that. Tony thing. is a numbers guy. And as you can tell, when he starts talking about, you know, <laughs> and Elisa miles, rolled her eyes. miles per hour, I mean, he comes home from a ride. I know exactly how long his, you know, his ride was, how many miles down to the 10th of a mile. Cause he actually didn't tell you guys, he didn't do a hundred miles. He did a hundred point one miles. And I know the average speed and I know elevation. I know all of this kind of stuff. Me, I go out, I do 30 minutes. I'm like, good. I, you know, I cranked Mm -hmm. 30 minutes. That's, that's how I do it. But the scale can be your worst enemy Mm -hmm. if you're trying to get fit. And you know, we want you focusing on getting fit so that you can bring that energy and that vitality into your bedroom. 
Mm-hmm. If you're getting fit for the purpose of being a slave to your scale and whatever number shows up on the scale, it's going to kill your intimacy. Yep. And the reason for that is because every fluctuation in the scale, you will internalize that as a reflection on who you are. Mm-hmm. Oh, I ate too much yesterday. The scale went up. Oh, you know, I didn't, you know, so then you feel bad. Oh, my numbers are down on the scale. I, I feel great. And then I eat that. And you play these mental games with yourself. We have not had a scale in our house for probably a good 10, 11 years, yeah. if not longer. No need. No need. Because here's, here's the thing. When your clothes start to fit differently because you're toning up, when your spouse grabs you and gives you that look of like, oh, you're looking good, you will know. You don't need the numbers on a scale to tell you that you are a good person. You don't. Nope. You don't need the numbers on the scale to tell you that you are a healthy person. Getting out and moving your body for the purpose of making yourself feel better will every single time make you feel more attractive because you're moving your body the way it was designed. You're running, you're walking, you're swimming, you're cycling, you're lifting weights, you're doing whatever. It was, our bodies were designed to move. We were never designed to sit behind a computer all day long, hunched over, typing. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know lots of you have different jobs. I just, this is what I do. Right. You know, I sit behind a computer. That was not what my body was designed for. So I, when I get out and move it, I feel connected with who I was supposed to be. And when my body gets stronger, I feel sexier and that confidence carries over into your bedroom every single time. Yeah. That's what moving your body does for you. Mm -hmm. If you guys want more on fitness related stuff, go check out our other site, fitmarriage.com. You'll find a ton of stuff over there um, that we talk about. Let's get into the next, which is going to be food, nutrition. (laughs) And this is a big one. This is huge. Um, You know, we can't expect to put in junk and expect to run like a high-performance car. Just can't. You know, you look at a high-performance car, you're putting premium fuel into it. You put anything lower than that, it's going to clunk. It's going to be a little junky. And I know because a lot of my tech buddies will tell me that because I don't believe them. But, you know, it's truth. It's the truth. And we got this body that God has given us and unfortunately our society and where we get our food and all of that has deteriorated. So we have to be more conscious of what we're doing and how we're eating. Um, what kind of vitamins and minerals we're taking in, you know, because we can't get those everywhere anymore. And nutrition is huge. Mm -hmm. And to say that we're perfect would be an absolute lie. I love my caramel macchiatos. And Elisa, for my birthday, bought chocolate-covered espresso beans. Oh, boy. Love those things, too. But it is my goal and it is our goal to eat clean probably 80% of the time each week. Mm-hmm. You know? And so what does that look like for us, for a family of four um, here living in San Diego? And I'm going to just run through it real quick for you guys because it's really simple. Typically, in the morning, we're eating eggs or a smoothie protein smoothies. Um, those come from a different, the smoothies come from a different number of sources over the years. We've done Shakeology. We've done, uh, just straight whey protein isolate. 
We've done rice protein, and we just mix that with, say, a rice milk, a coconut milk, berries, bananas, peanut, um, butter. peanut butter. You know, you can find whatever type of a smoothie concoction you like that fits your taste buds because I know some people don't like bananas. I know some people don't like berries. I know some people don't like coconut. Find whatever you like. Add some protein. A scoop of protein will give you about 32 grams. And an alternative to buying protein powder, there is the Greek yogurt. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the little containers of sweetened yogurt that have all the sugars. I'm talking about Greek plain Greek yogurt that is going to take on the flavor of whatever you put in. Cottage cheese is another source mm-hmm. of protein. Um, so those are alternatives so that you can get the protein because you're part of what we do in our society is we go very carb heavy and we don't pay that much attention to the protein, especially in our breakfast. Right. And so that's where eggs are really good for you. Check around. Start thinking in your mind though. Think of your main food item as being a protein for lunch. We're, we're not here. Typically we make leftovers or have leftovers from the night before we grill a lot. So be it a chicken you could do tuna fish if you if you just want some tuna fish. Put a little olive oil in it. Mm-hmm. If you have a meat the night before, hopefully you have a little leftover. Look at those protein sources. Typically, again, turkey is another good one. You can look at a fish, another other types of fish. I couple that personally with a cup or two cups of veggies. Carrots, uh, sugar snap peas are typically what I like to eat. Crunchy, something good to go with. Boom. That's all I eat. I'm a 170-pound guy. 510, you know, so it's not, I'm not big, but I'm not small. So you got to really look at what you're eating there. Mm-hmm. Um, for snacks, you know, you can go nuts and, and fruits. Um, every once in a while I'll do a, we'll get more of a healthier bar. Give or take. Give or take. Sometimes, um, sometimes that's the little, that's the 20% that isn't. Right. Um, and again, we're not perfect. I'll tell you probably two times in in the week while I'm out and about doing my thing, I'll stop by Jack in a Box and I'll get two tacos. I, I just, it, I like their tacos. They're they're quick. They're easy. Are, are they the best thing for me? No, yeah. they're not. And I know that. But I do do that because I don't want to give you guys the inclination or the the thought that man they are just perfect. No, we get together at a meetup or something. You'll see me eating pizza. You'll see me enjoying life. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, I've been on strict nutritional plans and in all honesty for me, it just doesn't work right? because it mentally just, it, it, it just fries me and it impacts my marriage and it impacts my sexual intimacy and it doesn't help anything. And that's one of the things too. Um, you need to eat to be healthy starving your body, skipping meals, not eating deprives your body of what it needs to function. You wouldn't try and drive your car without gas in the tank, right? You wouldn't, you would go nowhere. So think about that when you're thinking about your meals, you need to eat and you need to eat consistently so that your body is running that engine at its optimum performance. Right. You know, and I actually, I, I had a conversation with a intuitive eating coach the other day and we were talking about it and stop. One of the things that she shared with me was stop telling yourself all these messages. Like I can't have, or, you know, coming from this deprivation mindset, acknowledge, she goes, if you want to have a pack of Oreos, 
have a pack of Oreos, you know, like the little six pack. I'm not talking about the Costco pack. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Costco pack. She's like, but acknowledge that that's what you're doing. Like you, you want to have it. It's not a treat. It's not a punishment. You, you know, you're not starving. You know, it's just a pack of Oreos. Yep. Take the emotion out of your food. Acknowledge what you're doing. If, if this is your 20%, that's your 20%. It's like when I get my tacos at Jack in the Box. That's your 20 You're not, you're not thinking you're eating healthy. You, you have no, you know, illusions that this is the healthiest thing that you could eat that day. Nope. You're like, I want two tacos. Yep. That's it. So take the emotion out of food. It was very interesting talking with her because when you remove the emotion, you're simply looking at it as energy. Is it good energy or bad energy? One way or the other, it's energy. Yeah. So I dig it. And then the, the last piece when it comes to nutrition, you got to find, because in our foods, you're not getting all the vitamins and minerals you, you can. You're just not. And if your body is depleted of these, your sex drive, your libido is going to plummet. It really is. And as I've gone older, I've realized this. This is huge. And there are numerous vitamins and minerals and stuff out there. And I've tried loads of them. I mean, honestly, I go to Sprouts and I try stuff and see what happens and what works. For me, what has really been good is this product called Irwin Naturals Living Green Liquid Gel Multi. And there's a men and a women's version. I'll put links in the show notes for this one. Honestly, one of the better multivites I have ever used. And it's a liquid one. So, you know, what you're getting, it's going to work into your body quickly. You know, it's not a hard tablet type stuff, which I never recommend. That one works great. And I use that for a long time till I got back into cycling and I noticed that I was feeling depleted again, just lethargic. Um, even though I wasn't doing major big rides or anything, I was just feeling, oh, like what's up? And maybe some of you can attest to that. I mean, there honestly, there are times in the morning when I'm just like, get out of bed. Come on, Tony, get out of bed. So I found another product by the same same company, Irwin Naturals, and it's called High Performance Ripped Man Intense Metabolic Fuel. And I have been using this now for a couple of months, maybe two, three months now. Yeah, probably about that. Digging it. Again, I'll put I'll put a link in the show notes. You can check it out, see if it's something that would work for you. There's not a women's version yet. I don't I didn't see one. But I know for uh they do have you guys this would probably be something that you may want to check out. Vitamins and minerals are key component. Lastly, I, I we got a couple more minutes here and I, I wanted I do want to hit motivation, hun. Mm-hmm. Um because I think it's a huge factor. It is the one that determines, are we going to do what we continuously tell ourselves we're going to do or not? And one of the things that we have put up on Fit Marriage, and this was many, many years ago now, 50 reasons why. You know, 50 reasons why you want to get healthy and fit. 50 reasons why you want to crank up your sex life. You know, so you have that energy at the end of the day. So you have that energy in the morning to be sexually intimate with your spouse. And I'm not talking one reason because one reason you could go, Oh, I just want to lose weight. Well, when that ebbs and sort of fades away, your motivation fades away. Mm-hmm. And I've had it happen in my own life where it's just, ugh, the alarm clock goes off and I'll just snooze the thing, 
You know, I'm like, Ugh, I, I just, it's cold outside or what have you. But when I think about, because I, I will, when I hear that alarm go off and I go, you know what? The reason I want to get up is because I want to be healthy. I'm 40 years old. I feel great for 40. I want to feel this way when I'm 80, you know, 10 more years, my kids in this next decade of my life, my kids are both turning teenagers and they're both graduating from high school and one of them will turn 21, you know? So in this next decade of my life, I'm looking at it going, I need to have the energy to stay up with them. And more importantly, I want to have that energy after I stay up with them so that I can be sexually intimate with Elisa. And motivation is a big factor. And so go for it. No, I was just going to say, you know, that list of 50, um, or whatever you want to, you know, whatever you call it in your marriage, that doesn't just pertain to your sex life and to being healthy. That is a tool that you can use for any aspect of your marriage. And I think that's something that we overlook a lot. And I know I'm just, this is completely as an aside, but it was, as I was sitting here thinking about it, I'm like, you know, have 50 reasons why you work on your marriage. Mm-hmm. Have 50 reasons why date night is important. I met with another lady yesterday. And she had her calendar out. And we were looking down and she was showing me something else in her calendar. And I just happened to look at another column and it said date night. And I just said, I got to tell you, I love seeing that on your calendar. She's like, well, it's important to me. You know, 50 reasons why date night is important. 50 reasons why initiating sex is important. 50 reasons why, you know, and it doesn't have to be 50 for everyone, but but really what it comes down to, whether it's your physical fitness, what happens in your bedroom, why you're making your marriage work, is that any one reason, once that's met, super easy just to stop and be like, yeah, I'm good. You know, sit back, kick up your heels, hit the remote control on the TV and just veg out. Mm-hmm. But when you have multiple reasons, those days that you don't feel like exercising, those days that you don't feel like working on your marriage, guess what? You pull out that list or you have it somewhere so that when you don't feel like it, you look at this and say, oh, okay, yeah, I know I've already lost the weight, but you know what? It is important to me to be healthy for the next decade of my life. Tony's talking in decades now. It kind of freaks me out <laughs> um, because this is what's going to be going on. It's important to me because, you know, for those of you that have grandchildren, you want to be able to roll around on the floor with your grandkids, you know? having multiple reasons why you are doing something will get you past whatever crazy messages you're putting in your head. And by crazy, I'm not making any type of judgment call. I'm just saying we fill our heads with a lot of noise about why we should or shouldn't do something. When you've taken the time to sit down and write this list and pour your heart into it. We've had people that do this and you know, they write us, they ended up in tears mm-hmm. yep. because of the emotions that came out when they really thought about what their reason why is. When you do that, it's very hard to say, you know what, I'm not going to do this today. This is a built in kick in the pants. Yep. And you guys know us well enough by now. If you're just joining us, we are fond of the kick in the pants. We're fond of um, giving you guys the tools that you need to make it through your day. And we want you this summer. Kids are almost out of school. Some of you kids are already out of school. We want 
your sex life to not go on summer break. You're going to have to be active to make that happen. You're going to have to watch, you know, not watch what you're eating, but you're going to have to make good choices mm-hmm. about what you're eating. You're going to have to exercise. It's a little easier. The weather's warmer. You can swim. You can you know, do all these kinds of stuff. You have to be intentional about your health and nutrition. Just like you're intentional about who's taking the lead and what you're doing in the bedroom. It's all interrelated. Yeah. Yeah. It really is, you guys. And to close it out, do it together. Just, you know, if your spouse comes up to you and goes, you know what, honey, I want us to just walk 30 minutes. Say yes. Go do it together. You know, stop being so anti whatever your spouse wants to do. You know, support them. Maybe they're looking at you going, I want to do this for me, but you know what? I really want to be doing it with you too. I want to spend that time with you as well. And Elisa and I have had those times over the years in our marriage, especially when we were walking and hiking together. I mean, we'd spend three, four days out backpacking together. We did those things together. Right now, we're in a different place in our our marriage and in our lives with the kids and all. And so the way we support each other is that, you know, the mornings that I'm not riding, she's out walking. I'm supporting her because I am home. I am here, you know? So if you can't do it together, support one another. Encourage each other when it comes to your nutrition. Look at those vitamins and minerals that you could be taking. Share those together so that you can crank up the sex life. Crank up your sex drive. We hope this helped you guys. Helped you to think about exercise in a new way. Helped you to think of your your nutrition in another way. And helped you, you know, overcome some of those motivation hurdles that... Many of us face, many of us face them. And, and Elise and I are not alone when it comes to that one. Not alone. I mean, if you had a camera on us there, you would see that we have some motivation issues ourselves, you know, but we just, we have those reasons why. And we, we get up and, um, we just keep moving forward because life isn't going to stop. It's not going to stop. So get on out there, have yourselves a fantastic summer as you Feel good in your body, in your body, all right? That's the key. You feel good in your body. You can reach us, 858-876-5663, or you can email us. Let us know what you think about this show or any other show at info at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. We hope you have a fantastic week. We love you, and we're praying for you. 